Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the Netflix original film, Set It Up. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed without having seen the film, just be aware that there are a few plot spoilers. Enjoy. Late again, late again. I'm so sorry I'm late again. It was because it's hot and the trains can't be fucked to even try to get me home. <laughs> that was wonderful. I spent about five minutes coming up with that. So that's part. Of the, that's also part of the reason that I'm late. <laughs> I was going to say, is that why you were late? <laughs> you were coming up with a jaunty tune. Recently, whenever I like try and come up with one of those kind of songs, you know, when you make up a little song about something, some mundane thing in your life, it's always to the tune of the old that old Spider-Man cartoon. Even it's true. though I don't even like superheroes, it is it is a great one. Um, the other good one is is like um, a Mr. Paddy Man come and do a podcast. <laughs> it's over, and I want to go home. <laughs> I am home. <laughs> you are home. So how are you? Uh, I'm incredibly hot. Like, our house just won't cool down. There's no room that you can go in that isn't hot. It's got windows everywhere. It's like a greenhouse. You open the windows, the breeze comes in for a bit. But yeah, it's just we're not made for this. It isn't what we're no. for. No, and and it's not the way that the infrastructure of our country works either, is it? So all of our houses are built to insulate the heat which means that it's always ridiculously hot in this country whenever there's a slight heat wave. And this heat wave is going on for far too long. Far too long. Far too long. Yeah. <laughs> we we like about five days of summer. Yeah. And then we like a bit of a break, and then we want it back again. But this well, has been far too... What, this far feels too like heat. 500 days of summer and more. It does. It does. Both in terms of the heat and in terms of how irritable I'm getting the longer it goes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or how much my thoughts or just the general kind of process and narrative of life just seems to jump from one day to the next without much sense you know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah but you know we've got to have something to distract ourselves from the ongoing circus of love island haven't we we do although we've not been watching love island no no, we've been we've been happy. we've been watching the foot sport instead. We have been watching the foot sport. Yeah. Um. We we because we, we enjoyed. Um. I think we've talked about um naked attraction on this podcast before. Oh, haven't we? oh yeah. Which I very much enjoy. That that's the ultimate of that kind of trashy, uh, trashy date program. Um. But also X on the beach was fantastic. Yeah. Although Love Island um, pulled an X on the beach and uh, they've started like chucking people's X's in there. Like, I've heard. I think, you know, they, as long as they're going kind of chucking in people who are going to break up the narrative or sort of provide some kind of like huge, weird, dare sex machina intervention, they should just go one bigger, you know, get the rock in there or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know, some fat. David fa- Davis. Yeah, David Davis. He's not got much on. <laughs> <laughs> or Jacob Rees Mogg. 
Yeah, send Jacob Rees-Mogg to Love Island. And by Love Island, I mean an island full of scorpions. (laughs) Who will love him to death. (laughs) Who will love him a lot. (laughs) Love him so much that it will be painful and toxic. Much like Jacob (laughs) Rees-Mogg. Yeah, and his... Every single one of his policy ideas. <laughs> of which there are two. Yeah. Let's do a Brexit and it'll be glorious and yeah. bring back smoking in pubs, I assume. <laughs> well, I, I thought the, his policies were, let's do a Brexit and it's all going to be fine, guys. It's going to be great. And then the other one was stop Dennis the Menace from picking on me. <laughs> and those are the two. Yeah. Those are the two things. Yeah, the, good pe- the good folk behind the Beano ain't going to have that. No, no, and 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 that's where the country's allegiance truly lies. Yeah, you know, if if there was a referendum of Dandy versus Bino, there would only be one winner, and it would not be fifty-two to forty-eight. Yeah, the, the Dandy doesn't even exist anymore. It does not. No, it's it's not even online only, is it? The Dandy, it's now gone entirely. No, it is gone. But I thought yeah. oh, there might be an online edition, but it only struck me years later as an adult how weird it is that. They call it a cow pie when it's beef. Meat from cows is beef. Why would you not just call it a beef pie? And it had like the horns sticking out of it. Why? Why? Because cow pie. Yeah. Cow pie is like a. Isn't cow pie slang for like um, standing on a um, cow pat? <laughs> Maybe yeah. It's a it's a variation on on a cow pat, I think. So I, I don't know you, if they were doing that kind of comedy play on words. I thought you were going to tell me it was some kind of um, some kind of sexual thing, some kind of childhood ruining, right, <laughs> like euphemism, like how everything it's, in Captain Pugwash is sexual. Not that I ever watched Captain Pugwash, but I don't think anybody watched Captain yeah. Pugwash, did they? They just came across all of the different innuendos. A little bit later down the line. Not even Captain Pugwash watched Captain Pugwash. No. Even um, though it was about his own life. Even, yeah. He was, he was, he was like, I can't watch it. It's like reading your own work back after you've set it off. <laughs> you, you don't want to read it again. Like listening the, back to your own podcast, which I never yeah. do. You can't You can't do it. <laughs> um, the Dandy has been cancelled, by the way. The, um, the digital edition. Uh. Which is kind of sad. That, that is a shame. Time, but yeah, I never Bino really was always it. way better. Yeah. Bino had Dennis, it had Minnie the Minx, it had Roger the Dodger, Back, uh, Bash Street Kids, Backstreet yeah. Boys. The Backstreet Boys. The Batstreet Boys, which is the name of one of the teams in my softball league. Oh, is it? That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for them, they put all their effort into the name and not much into their on-field performance. But Oh, I see. Style over substance. Yeah, definitely. Disappointed. And I must give a shout out to them actually because I I emailed one of them the other day and he forwarded the email onto one of the other members of the team and his email address was Kieran Ledgeboat, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is a combination of legend and boat. Ledgeboat. I, I like it. I like it. Unless his surname is Ledgeboat, which is possibly even better. So, yeah, I, I wanted to to email back and be like, oh, all right, Ledgeboat, and like take the piss. But I didn't want him to come back and be like, yeah, what? It's Dutch. So what? Yeah, I was gonna. I'd love it if that was his surname. I, I I approve of these people, although I'm disappointed in the fact that they're not putting in the effort on the field. Well, no, it's good because we beat them. 
Oh, okay. If they were up, my guys. team, it'd be different, but they're not my team. So, yeah. Keep keep it up, guys. Keep You can play well against everybody else, but not against Paddy. Yep. Paddy not and it's... the Rocketeers, which I believe is your team's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Rocketmen. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Hashet Hawks. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I prefer my name, not going to lie. I think you should suggest that you rename yourself based the around Rocketeers. <laughs> no, Paddy and the Rocketeers. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Rocketeers. Which sounds like my sort of 60s girl group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... it's What's the name of the... Um, is it Josie and the Pussycats, the old yep. cartoon? Yeah. Paddy and the Rocketeers. And you can a... have a crossover episode with Scooby-Doo. Oh, I would love that. We've been talking about Scooby-Doo quite a lot, haven't we? We have. Not... <laughs> Welcome to Scooby Cast, mate. There Scooby-Cast. must be a Scooby Scooby Doo podcast. Yeah, we should. We should. Look that I up. might. I would listen. I to might that. have to start listening to that because I used to love Scooby Doo. What are your thoughts on Scrappy Doo? Scrappy Doo can get in the bin. I agree, and he can remain in the bin. He's a tedious, life ruining little idiot. Yeah, he's awful. The original, the original gang is so good. Yeah, and then Scrappy's just like ugh. I'm, I'm pretty sure that like the scooby-doo cartoons that used to be on in the morning like that was where i found out about the idea of making yourself into a ghost by putting a sheet over your head it taught me so much it taught me not to trust old people at fairgrounds <laughs> it taught me not to trust adults in general yeah it taught me that that dog biscuits are delicious whatever species you are which is an important life lesson to learn <laughs> um that's about it but you know those are some important life lessons yeah, and I, I later went to a Halloween party as a ghost using literally an old bedsheet with a couple of eye holes cut out. But what they don't tell you is that unless you have some way of kind of clipping it in place or whatever, the eye holes tend to move around quite a lot, and it's actually really difficult to see. Ah, I see. But I still recommend it as a Halloween party costume. That would be quite good. Che- cheap and cheerful. That's nice, actually. I don't. I haven't been to a Halloween party where I've dressed up in quite a while. Um, yeah, this was three or four years ago, at least. I have talked about going as Bojack Horseman and just getting one of those horse heads and wearing Bojack's yep. outfit. That's a very good idea. Um, which I thought might be quite good. But yeah, maybe we should have a Halloween party. Yes, we should. And we should go as people from the films that we talk about this year, whatever they turn out to be. I like it. Well, I guess we just go go as Wolf Boys. Could go as Wolf Boys. Yeah. That would that would be quite good actually, yeah. We can go as Wolf Boys. Yeah, that'd be good. So anyway, let's talk about set it up, or as as I like to call it, horrible bosses three. <laughs> <laughs> or as you like to call it in last week's episode, step up, step step it up. <laughs> I genuinely did think it was called that for a bit. <laughs> There is set it up. That makes sense because it's setting up a relationship. But yeah, at first, the opening couple of scenes, it was all about the bosses being rude. And I was like, is this just like horrible bosses? Even though I've never seen any of the horrible bosses films, which apparently are not that bad, even though they look terrible. Yeah, they're they're, they're actually they're actually rather good. Well, the first one is I've not seen the second one, Um, but it's an enjoyable little comedy romp. They do have Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in, so they do. That's always and, and there's some very funny scenes with Jamie Foxx in. I don't know if he's in the sequel, but in the first one, he's he's probably the funniest bit of the film. Is he the horriblest boss? He is not the horriblest boss. He's the person who puts them on the route to sort out their horrible bosses. 
Ah, okay. So he's the good boss. Yes, he's the good boss. <laughs> Which is the, the new spin off from The Good Wife. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah, so did you enjoy Set It Up? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I enjoyed it overall. We watched it last night. Um, it was it was okay, you know. I It didn't particularly wow me. I didn't laugh out loud at anything. I didn't lol. But it was all right. It, it did the job. It was pretty much exactly what I expected from a Netflix original romantic comedy. And I think that's the interesting thing about these kind of Netflix originals is that they're doing great things in the worlds of like, documentary and sort of longer series and that kind of thing but with these kind of films i don't think they've managed to make one that is as strong as the efforts they've made in other genres would you agree i agree with you on that completely and and because their their television can be quite varied some of it is very very good some of it's not so good um but their movies have generally been quite poor um but i would say this is probably the best of their original movies that i've seen I think that's very unfair to a Christmas prince. <laughs> Obviously, apart from a Christmas prince, um, but but this movie, it felt like a film that you could go out and see in a cinema. And a lot of their movies, if you went and saw them at the cinema, you'd be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, they're a bit more kind of made for TV, but not not like that. But yeah, they're they're definitely better than what we would call a made for TV movie back in the day, but not quite. Yeah. If you'd seen that in the cinema, you'd have, you'd have felt like, yeah, you probably wasted your eight quid or whatever it cost to get in. If if you were, if you have like an unlimited card and you just went to see it, then I guess that would be okay. But I don't have one of those. No, no. Um, I used to have one and it was rather good, but you'd still feel a bit let down if you saw something bad. Um, but but whereas some of the things that they have, uh, some of the things they have created specifically for Netflix, because they get a, a lot of licenses now for things which weren't necessarily made for Netflix, but have ended up being the distribution method anyway. Whereas this is one of those real Netflix originals, and I think this is easily the best of the Netflix original movies that have come out. Yeah, I'm just looking at them now because I couldn't think of many others. The Netflix films produced the Kissing Booth, which keeps coming up when I log in and looks awful. Um, Bright, which was universally panned and looks terrible. Did you watch that? Yes, I did not watch it. Um, I It looked awful. And it's the kind of thing that I'll get around to watching at some point on a lazy afternoon because I enjoy those kind of train wrecks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, that kind of world building makes me very grumpy. Um, yeah because they've basically taken a fantasy world or or rather they've taken the real world and supposedly merged it with a fantasy universe but in reality all they've done is throw a few fantasy races into the modern world yeah fairies orcs 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 equal allegory for people of color there you go yeah and and supposedly that's fine but you then you think like it's set in la how would the city of Los Angeles have been formed in a world that is all about the fight between different fantasy races that have eventually come together on a kind of unstable peace? Yeah. Um, how does the history of Los Angeles, how does the history of the United States of America fit with this worldview that you've created? And it's like It doesn't. You'd need to have a complete revamp. It's just a very clumsy allegory. Um, Will Smith has got a lot of explaining to do, is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, it's all his fault. 
It's a Wolf of Smith film. And there's also Our Souls at Night, which um, yes, which I have not seen, but apparently is quite good. Yes, yeah, I've I've heard that's rather good, um, but I've not watched it yet. Um, we started watching a film called Caliber last night, which was good but unbelievably depressing. It reached an incredibly horrific point, and we both looked at each other and thought, you know, let's watch this another time that's not a Sunday evening. Um, uh, we also watched Tau last night, uh, which was, imagine a dumb person's version of Ex Machina, Paddy. Oh, okay. So there's like robots, but they're all sexy sex robots and there's lots of murdering and stuff. Uh, y- yeah, kind of. Um, there's no sexy sex robots, unless you think a big blocky thing voiced by Gary Oldman is the definition of sexy, um, which, you know, if it's, it's halfway there. Thing. If that's your thing, uh, I'm not going to. You had me at Gary Oldman. Shame you. Um, you had me at big blocky robot, um, uh, and and basically it's about this this um, tech bro who's kidnapping people and doing experiments on them um, to try and create the ultimate AI, um, and the ultimate AI is voiced by Gary Oldman, but Gary Oldman's AI is really dumb, and it says things like, "What is a human? What is love?" Why did you program me to feel pain? And all of that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, fun. yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it in the way that they intended for me to enjoy it. <laughs> I bet you Gary Oldman did like two days in a studio somewhere and got paid a shitload he, of money for it. He was phoning it in really badly. Literally. I'm not going to lie. Um, like, like the, some of the other performances in it were rather good. So Micah Monroe, who's um, in It Follows, which is a film I really love, and The Guest, which is another film I really love. Um, she she's the test subject in the house and she's really good in it ed scrines in it who's a, okay. who's a very decent actor i like him and he's good in it but then gary oldman is not perhaps pulling his weight um so so there's yeah they they haven't exactly had the best of um yeah they haven't exactly had the the best of times with their originals some of them have been good some of them haven't it was the best of um, times it was the blurst of times but but what i really found interesting about set it up set it up to the streets <laughs> um, to set two up to set two up um was that it, it feels it just feels like a movie from about 10 years ago doesn't it mm. It feels like I was, that kind of the the premise is such a is a good is the, the like the premise the the idea basically that the PAs set up their bosses so that they will spend time on their romantic relationships and stop making them work all hours. The idea of that I really like. I think that's actually like a really good conceit. But I was watching it thinking this must have been done before, uh, but it hasn't. But the the execution of it is so like those kind of films. It felt very much like a retread of like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days or um, He's Just Not That Into You or those kind of films. It was a bit like that. Or what's the what's the one that I'm thinking of with um, Jennifer Goodwin where she's the guy's best friend? I don't think we've talked about it. Oh, um, something borrowed. It's it's it feels like it's treading that kind of ground. But the conceit was very very good. So I guess in that way it disappointed me a bit because. There was actually more you could have done with it, I thought. Yeah, and but I, I think what they were going for here was very much that kind of mid-noughties rom-com feel. Um, 
which is which is exactly what it delivers it doesn't do more than that and and it it, it disappointed me a little bit because i think I, I i probably wanted a bit too much from this movie but i really wanted them to go into detail about how that kind of work culture is unbelievably toxic and they kind of skirt around the issue a little bit yeah at first like, i thought they were going to go deep on it and that actually it was hinting at that kind of thing really really well and that actually it's it's aiming it the audience for this is overworked millennials like us but it's yeah it didn't it didn't go deep into that at all it just kind of brushed that aside in favor of you know cheap romantic stuff which is exactly what it was for and that's the thing when it's a film that's just on a streaming platform that you're paying a tenner a month for and that's all that it is it doesn't have to try as hard as a film that gets a cinematic release and that's exactly how it came out right yeah yeah and and it i i think particularly the early scenes kind of hint towards that bigger picture where you have all of the trickle down economics as a lie trickle down ass hollery yeah. is not a lie so when a boss <laughs> is mean to someone they then take that stress on that stress is then put on to whoever they are asking for that information whether it's someone lower down in the company whether it's someone who they're getting a coffee from a coffee shop whatever um and then that feeds down into other people into other people into other people um and 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 those early scenes are very clever the way in which they show that where they show all these people being nasty but it it's, it slowly reveals that it's not to do with them it's to do with what they're being forced to do by people who are entirely unreasonable and then you see everyone yeah. leaving and it's like this really nice little minute long scene that kind of shows how bad things can be um for being overworked working in a city yeah. Um, and and then it kind of shows, well, these people have actually got it light because here's two people that are having to stay even later than their peers, that kind of thing. Um and and it's uh, and there's moments like that. There's those little flourishes like that that are very cleverly done. But it it is aiming for something a little bit different from that satire, which I think is a bit of a shame. Yeah, it, um, it's not satirical in any way really. And it, it actually like the scene where he's mean to the intern in as you describe it exactly the, the trickle down assholery where he literally copies the phrases that his asshole boss says to him and says that uses them on the intern and it's all a bit awkward and he's just a bit like you can tell he's actually a bit uncomfortable doing it um yeah that that kind of stuff is good but it's not satirical like it's actually quite believable yeah yeah and and and, and it does it does kind of create that atmosphere and that mindset very well it 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 really resonates with people and i think people watching it will find a lot people of our generation that are watching it and people who are generation z or is it generation y or is it generation z generation y is us isn't it millennials generation generation y and millennials is the same thing generation z is the one below us so they're the ones that are going to be coming through into this environment and they'll they'll resonate with this over time and things yeah. like that um and and it does well in connecting to an audience who might feel a bit disenfranchised by watching something from the last generation and think, oh, that doesn't really work anymore. And, and this speaks to you on that level. And then it puts it all around quite a nice cheesy romance. And the romance in this film is really nice, I think. I think they build it really well. And it's two very believable leads and you feel that chemistry between them as well i think which is very nice yeah absolutely i wanted them to get it on when they had the pizza obviously but then they they didn't and that was that was good kind of building of the anticipation because then they yeah they wouldn't have been able to do it and so they did it right at the end tied it up and then there it is that's good 
So it never felt like the obstacles in the way of their love were huge, but it was more that it was nice, a nice kind of warm, blossoming romance that was entirely predictable, but still felt nice when it all came together. Yes. And and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the two leads as well. Yeah. Um, in I, I haven't watched much of uh, Zoe Dochin before, but I thought she was really good in this. Um, but Glenn Powell, I'm a big fan of because he's in Scream Queens, which is a TV show that I absolutely adore. Um, I've not kind seen of like, it. It's from one of the makers of American Horror Story, and it's it's effectively a comedy slasher that goes above and beyond what Scream did, and kind of eradicates any horror elements. Oh, you know what? I think I've watched one episode of that, and I thought it was very odd but charming yes yeah it's very very strange um and uh he plays a character called chad radwell who i i consistently (laughs) it's a great name it gets even better because i much to the annoyance of casey i consistently refer to him as rad chadwell um hey either of those sound as believable as channing tatum it's true you know i think channing tatum's original name was actually chad radwell wasn't it tanning chatum (laughs) Tanning Chatham. Um and um and yeah, he's he's possibly the best thing about that show. And and that's saying something because it's one of my favourite television experiences of the last few years. Um and he plays this this preppy guy at a from a um big fraternity, um, who's like the most monstrous human being at the university. And this is a university that includes a serial killer. Um and, and he's absolutely fantastic in it. Um and and kind of since then you're kind of rooting for him because he does such a great performance in that but you can tell that in real life he's actually quite a nice fella and it was really good to see him be in something like this where he can show a little bit of variety where he he and and he's got a his his character because of the job he has is very much based around machismo and being cruel to people and that kind of stuff to get to the top um but then seeing him come to realize that actually that's not important and what is important is a cheap pizza eating with someone who you like at two in the morning after climbing up a fire escape is a really nice which is a good message it's a nice message it's good so new york and it's goddamn fire escapes honestly they're dangerous man <laughs> would you have refused to go up the fire escape i'd have been like yeah fuck this shit i don't care if if duncan's playing third eye blind <laughs> i'm going in <laughs> i also yeah i really appreciated that it had references to both third eye blind and creed as well Yes, yeah. A mention of Creed in a film, in a joking way, is is always going to score points with us, isn't it? <laughs> it is always going to score points with us. We love a bit. Yeah. Of, we love a bit of slight Creed mocking. <laughs> that was good. Also, Duncan, the roommate, his roommate is played by Pete Davidson, who I had never heard of until about a week ago when it was all over the social media that he was engaged to pop star Ariana Grande. And yes. I just thought it sounded like a strange name for an, a young American actor to have, Pete Davidson. And it sounds like it sounds like a bloke, a dodgy bloke you'd meet in the pub who'd be like, "Yeah, I'll do your drive for nine hundred quid." <laughs> Pete Davidson. It's <laughs> completely right. And yeah, I'd not I'd not heard of him before, um, before before the Ariana Grande, um, uh, engagement and. And how everyone was just like, "Oh my god!" over it, um, yeah. not myself included. I but think, you know, his performance just... in this film was quite good. I thought he was, yeah, he was funny. Was I good liked fun. him. It, he has a very funny bit at the end 
where um where after he realizes that that glenn powell's character is no longer working for the evil boss he just throws a drink on him <laughs> at like point blank range yeah a cup of it's me... like a latte and, yeah. but he does it really cheerfully as well that's the thing he it, he doesn't even look like it's a big deal to him like he's doing it like for like revenge it doesn't zoom in on his face and he's like yeah i'm getting my revenge he's just like oh hey yes it's just like oh i don't have to be nice to you anymore Ta-ra. and it's yes it made me laugh a lot that scene um and, and there weren't too many scenes in this movie that made me laugh out loud there there are a handful here and there um, no. which i think is fair to say i would say that i chuckled at a few things but yeah there was nothing that made me lol yeah and, and so it so it does have that kind of cozy rom-com vibe if if you're a fan of the romantic comedies of the mid-2000s um then this is going to be right up your street if you're used to something that's a little more raunchy and a little more um a, a little more comedy based then this might not necessarily gel with you it's just a thoroughly pleasant movie yeah although it it felt like it didn't know whether it wanted to be a bit raunchy or to be a bit more kind of gross out adam sandlery at points like there's a scene in the lift where they get stuck there and claustrophobia is used as a punchline which is actually kind of not cool and then the guy, they're like, they're in the lift while the guy's peeing in a box or something. And that's a, that, that kind of grossed me out a bit. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting on. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I think I'm, you're just an, uh, I'm an old, old man, Paddy. Yeah. You're, you're one step away from, from gammonhood. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think those kind of moments, and there's a couple of moments where they make like sex jokes and stuff like that. And I think that those were their attempts to kind of bridge the gap between like the 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 2000s rom-com and today where if you just made something like that now people would ask where are the jokes which is kind of what i'm thinking occasionally when we watch the rom-coms of that area it's like i mean this is thoroughly nice but this is supposed to be a romantic comedy not a romantic smiley <laughs> film thing. not a chuckly not a romantic chuckly um, and those those attempts at, at comedy are kind of hit and miss because it does kind of clash with the overall tone of the film where it's more sort of like quip based where it's to do with dialogue between the two characters when it gets a bit raunchy that works well yeah um but less so when it's more situational or slapsticky um and and yeah it's a bit i don't know it, it, it's a bit of a mixed bag in that regard but i think overall it pulls it off yeah the funniest part of the film is when they make they have to do his the asshole boss's kids science project and they make magic milk and it's it's got like it's some milk where you drop colors in it and it like makes like a color explosion or whatever and on the signage it says magic milk xxl in the magic mic font yes that yeah. really that tickled me a lot that's very good and and yeah, there, there, there's some good bits of that. I really liked um, Titus Burgess's little role as Tim. Yeah, the, the he was underused guy. in this film, I think, actually. But I, I think if they'd used him more than that, it probably would have felt a bit overused because he's only really there for that one specific scene. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was Titus playing moments, Titus. Yes. If he turned up at other moments, you'd kind of think, okay, this is obviously it's he's funny, but he doesn't necessarily fit with the rest of it. Yeah. Did you watch all of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? No, we've been watching it, um, but we haven't watched all of it yet. I thought the first season was really good. The second season was sort of okay, and it sort of tailed off, and I stopped watching after that. But 
it was it was good and Titus was the best thing about it he made me chuckle a lot especially the Pinot Noir video and all that stuff so does that mean you've not seen his um his satire of Beyonce's lemonade oh yeah I've I've seen that on YouTube yeah because okay, that clip yeah. has done the rounds but yeah I, I thought it started to kind of tail off although I did enjoy David Cross's character quite a lot it's a, yeah I I think we're now on series three and it's funny. I, I like it. It's it's a pleasant show. And um, it has a fantastic theme tune. It does have one of the best theme tunes. Um, we, we took a break from it and we watched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And now we've gone back to it again. That's also very good. Which is, yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is very funny. Um, and, and and yeah, and now now we've gone back to Kimmy Schmidt. And we're, we're watching it alongside re-watching Coupling, the early yeah, never... 2000s romantic comedy i think we tried to watch that once and found it really awful oh really yeah maybe you had to be there at the time i think yeah it, I, watching it back now there's kind of a nostalgia to it but it does seem unbelievably dated yeah um, i think that was the vibe um but yeah watching it back is fun if you watched it at the time because at the time it was very funny I think there are a lot of british sitcoms are like that aren't they like the young ones people talk about that a lot but i find it i've never found it easy to watch i think it you had to have been there as one that really has the nostalgia trip i think a lot of british television in general um dates very badly there there's something about it that manages to make it all feel very old within about five years of when it first comes out and and that's true across everything not just about comedies yeah especially um, those bloody harry potter films honestly all, <laughs> all of that magic is nothing like what we've got now um not an iphone in sight uh, I, you know, I have complicated feelings about the Harry Potter movies. Do you? Yeah, I don't really like them very much. Well, is that because they don't live up to the books, or do you just hate the whole thing? Well, they're they're fine. They're they're fine films. They can do, but I think they made miscasting from day one, which I know is very difficult with kid actors. But the supporting cast is very good. The main cast not so good apart from ron yeah although i i do think that daniel radcliffe has since done a lot of very very interesting stuff and he really really seems like a a nice guy and a cool and interesting person who's really following his own path and especially as we recently adam and i watched swiss army man which is a sensationally good and good film i think i want us to actually watch that at some point but it is probably the weirdest film i have ever seen but it actually was really touching and really affecting and his performance in that is unbelievably good yeah i've heard i've heard that that's good um i've heard he's good in kill your darlings um i didn't think much of woman in black not gonna lie and that should have been right up my alley should have been right up my alley gothic horror based on a great book also based on a great stage show um but they had him playing like a mid-30s man and it's like why didn't you just hire someone in their mid-30s instead of aging him <laughs> um which was you know terrible miscasting he was also in the the not so great victor frankenstein not seeing that either um which was not not so good um that, we'll i heard that was that. very bad yes um and it's a shame because it had a very good cast it had james mcavoy who's you know one of my faves um but yeah that was you know not not great not gonna lie um, but but I do like that he's just doing random stuff, um, and he he seems to be doing his own kind of thing, which is good. Um, but yeah, I I I don't 
I don't, I, it, lots of people really like rewatching the Harry, po- Harry Potter movies, yourself included, I know. Yeah. Um, and who rewatch them like every year, that kind of stuff. And I, I don't really feel any inclination to rewatch any of them. I don't make it into an annual event. Maybe like once every four years, like the World Cup. <laughs> the Quidditch World Cup. Quidditch World Cup. Yeah. But yeah, if any if anyone from those films turned up in one of these Netflix originals, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? No, no. You could you could imagine you could imagine um Ron Weasley turning up. Yeah, his career hasn't been amazing, has it? I can't think of anything he's done where I've been like that was really good. But he's done a fair amount of stuff that's been quite mainstream. Yeah, and I find it funny because he he was easily the best of the three young actors yeah um easily easily the best um but he he doesn't seem to have managed to transfer that over to a a big career since yeah that's tough can you imagine if he was the lead in in this in step it up for (laughs) in step it up for tokyo drift (laughs) (laughs) He, he could have pulled it off but it wouldn't have been as good Apparently, he's going to be in a, um, or maybe it's already out, I don't know, in a, a TV version of Snatch. Okay. The old the old crime comedy caper film. Yeah, I I have no interest in that. Those kind of films bore me. See, Snatch is very funny. Um, it, has, it has some really funny moments in it. It's one of those things where Brad Pitt's allowed to not be big Hollywood actor Brad Pitt, um, which is always when Brad Pitt's at his best. Um, and yeah, so Snatch is very good. The rest of them have have not done well, and they've also another bunch of films that's aged incredibly poorly. Yeah, yeah, it all seems like a very kind of early two thousands joke. Yeah, and, but yeah, Snatch is decent. Snatch has maintained its position. I think partly because they really went big on like building a kind of mystery around it, a kind of like Ocean's Elevene vibe. Yeah, oh um, God, that's a name slash franchise that refuses to die. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and now it's gone down the um ghostbusters route of a, an all-female cast yeah which i hear is okay i've heard it's all right yeah yeah not heard bad things not heard good things it was the best of times it was the blurst of times and it, and it hasn't had a horrendous backlash like ghostbusters which means that oceans 11 fans are oh yeah not whiny babies apparently <laughs> or maybe they are but there's just less of them I think I think there aren't that many of them, really, because it's not part of a cinematic universe. <laughs> the Ghostbusters cinematic universe, yeah, of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two, and all their idiot fans who live in the sewers, <laughs> pond oh, life. Um, yeah. Yes. So go back to set it up. I had seen both of them before in the Richard Linklater film, Everybody Wants Some. So she was the love interest in that film. and He was not the main character, but one of the other players on the college baseball team. And their performances in that film were both quite good, I felt. So it's good. It feels like both of them are sort of on the up, and this is a fair step in their careers. I expect greater things from them next time, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And and it's the first movie that's really i don't know has has made them the main name so obviously when you when there's a richard linklater movie the main 
name in that is always Richard Linklater. Yeah. And, and yeah. And and that's kind of like the draw. Um, whereas this, you know, people have been talking about their chemistry and they've been talking about their performances and it's been getting lots of positive press from people who enjoy rom-coms in general. Mm. Um, and, and it seems as though a lot, they're going to come out of it with a lot of a lot of kudos, really. It's got a um, very is... high rating on incredibly unreliable rating website Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, and And yeah, it's... They're they're getting lots of praise, which I think is good, and I think it's well deserved. Because I'd say that the best thing about this film is its choice of lead characters and the way that they both um, perform. Uh, yeah. By far, I think is the best thing about it. Yeah, definitely, I'd agree with that. They're both very good. They have real chemistry. A lot of their lines are the better parts of the dialogue. Although Lucy Liu has some really good lines as well, and some really good stuff. Her character, I really liked. I really, really liked the talk about female the representation of female sports writers as well a lot of the sports writers people who write about baseball who i really like uh, are women and they're they're still it still feels like they're a little bit outside of the mainstream and that people every time one of them does anything it's like oh wow a woman did this and it's like yeah women can write about baseball especially as they see so many dumb tweets as well about women who commentating on the world cup and old gammony blokes being like oh women can't talk about football because they don't play football like fuck off man but this but this film i think actually portrayed women sports writers really really well and that i thought was quite original and very good yeah it it did it and because being a writer is talked about a lot in these kind of rom-coms um so never being kissed of course is I want to be a writer. Oh, yeah, she's um, got this job as a, as a journalist, despite having never written anything at all. <laughs> um, how to lose a guy in ten days again. Yep. Um, but this one, and, and they all have that kind of surface level feminist message, which in reality isn't there. Um, whereas here, they don't make a big deal of it, and. It's just kind of there. And then when they do talk about it, they talk about it in an incredibly powerful way. So I think the way that they sort of treated women writing about sports was very good because it didn't kind of push it too much. It stated it in a matter-of-fact way. It never tried to tell you, look at how awesome they are. They're women writing about sports. It's just, here's some women. They write about sports. Yeah. It's cool. There's And there's a few hints that like she looks up to Lucy Liu and that she thinks she's really great. But yeah, it's not overdone. There's a really great scene where it's like a YouTube clip of uh, Lucy Liu's character interviewing a football player. And she says to him, if you could if you could see the ball as as well as you're staring at my tits right now, maybe you could win some games, which is which was very good as well. Yeah. And Lucy Liu's great in this, you know, as she is in everything. I think she was my favorite um, part of it. Yeah, I, she does a really great performance here and and you mentioned horrible bosses earlier and it does almost feel like um like it could have been out of that film although nowhere near as nasty as the bosses in horrible bosses who are just cartoonishly evil yeah um but she does but appear at parts kind of... to have compassion and that's what makes yes, it yeah. interesting and doesn't make it just a kind of cod villain yes yeah because because both of them, both of the bosses here, they show signs of humanity. Uh, less so Glenn Powell's boss. Um, but there is that moment where he's drunk and you kind of get this sense that there's something behind the scenes that cause, that's causing him to act in this way, which is eventually revealed as that he still loves his ex-wife um, right at the end of the movie. And it's 
I think it's supposed to be a sweet takeaway, but he's been such a dick that you don't really care. Yeah, he's he's the real villain, really. But yeah, the the speed at which he sort of got back with his ex-wife felt a little bit too Deus Ex Machina. I think that was the only plot point that was a bit lazy. And then when Glenn Powell runs to the airport, because there has to be some kind of chase, doesn't there? At that point in a romantic comedy, even if it's just him running to the taxi and then running into the terminal, there has to be some running at some point. But he runs in to kind of shout at her and get her to not marry him. And then it's only at that point that she turns around and goes, oh yeah, actually, I don't want to marry you when she's been trying to sort of going through through with it up until that point. And yeah, that all felt a bit, a bit kind of, yeah, a bit hastily cobbled together. But I think they did it in such a way that made reference to it enough to make it funny. So it's got the whole, the very much on the nose comment where he's like, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to get a taxi to an airport to stop someone from getting married. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know what you're doing. And then it has that nice callback where he looks at his watch and he's like, oh, I've got four hours until the flight. I can go hang around for a bit. Yeah. And you see him eating a shawarma out on the road, talking to someone <laughs> about what they should do to when they visit New York and that kind of thing. Um, so they, they knew what they were doing there and they knew that they were putting in something that was like a rom-com trope. Yeah. But the audience wanted it, you know. Yeah, it, um, it has to they, be they done. They wanted that kind of thing and they do it, did it in such a way that pleased people and also gave them a quick a quick nod and a wink that they knew what they were doing as well yeah because ultimately these kind of films are formulaic and if you're gonna deviate from that formula you kind of need to have a good reason don't you and uh, because you're either going to end up looking pretentious like you're trying too hard or you're just it's just going to be a bit wcf yeah and and they 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 managed to toe the line very well it's it's a bit too safe but people wanted that i think and and the reaction that people have had to this film when it came out shows that there was this gap in the market for a traditional rom-com um which this has completely filled it's done a really good job and there's there's a reason why people love it so much absolutely i think there are fewer of these kind of rom-coms being made now if you look at the cinema yeah it's all fucking marvel cinematic universe shit isn't it they're still being they're still being made and you see them every so often but the the kind of stories behind them have changed so they have become even more dramatic you get the sob story rom-coms or they become more comedic the kind of gross out rom-coms and 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 these kind of safe little middle ground stories have started to disappear sandler's gonna sandler vince vaughn's gonna vince vaughn i'm not i'm not saying that all that stuff isn't happening or is that unfair to vince vaughn no that's completely fair to vince vaughn (laughs) he can get in the bin (laughs) do you dislike him He's he's a massive NRA nut. He, is he? he? Yeah, he's he's one oh, of he's one of two right wingers in Hollywood. Jeez, oh, um, nobody's nobody's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is cancelled. Um, but I I, I don't necessarily I don't you know people can be whatever they want pol- politically. That's not going to impact on whether I watch something unless they're a literal neo Nazi or a, or a literal bigot. And I don't think okay, he's a bigot. So we I think we remake this guns. film with. Paul Joseph Watson and Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the main roles. <laughs> and then we don't give them the idea and you just have to watch them being incredibly depressed by being hounded by their bosses for, for 22 hours a day. And then that's it. I'd watch that movie. I would watch that movie. Yeah. Alex Jones being mean <laughs> to prison Paul. You got my powders. Where are my powders? I need my powders now. <laughs> Where's my brain force plus? <laughs> yeah, he plays the CEO of like Brainforce Corp. 
<laughs> Actually, that that kind of films, this kind of film set in a kind of Infowars media landscape would be incredible. Yeah, that would be very funny. As long as nobody had a happy ending. No, it would have to be a, like a huge tragedy. Yeah. Like the Infowars building burns down and they all die or something. <laughs> I was thinking more like at the barbecue where they're supposed to get together, they all eat some raw chicken and get horrible salmonella poisoning. Um, as, something, as is something... their rights under a libertarian small state. Yeah, exactly. You know, under under a true libertarian government, chicken would not have to be cooked. Yeah. Chicken be, being yeah, a literal playing out of government tyranny. My favourite joke, which is, you know, two, you know, three libertarians walk into a pub. The bartender, because there's no regulation on alcohol, the bartender serves them tainted beer and they die. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I didn't make that up. I can't remember. No, I, I, I've, I've heard that somewhere before. My, my, I saw a very funny joke recently, um, which is a play on the old, um, on the old Pagliacci the clown joke, which you know is is one of like the cornerstones of of comedy. Um, so, so this guy walks into the doctor's and uh, he says, "Doctor, I'm I'm depressed," and uh, and the doctor says, "Oh, the treatment's simple. Go and see Orville. He's a very funny clown." Um, and uh, and the, the patient, who is obviously Pagliacci, says, oh, what about Pagliacci? And the doctor says, Pagliacci, man, I could not name a more suck-ass clown. <laughs> Just downright <laughs> dog shit of a clown. <laughs> Which made me laugh quite a lot. It was a, a Twitter special um, from, from a user called Collins Space Twinks. Oh, yeah, was, I've, I've seen yeah. that. I think I follow that account. Good name. Um, yes, good name. Um, and and yeah, uh, I've forgotten how we got onto that. Was it just telling bad jokes? Just telling bad jokes, like we do, <laughs> like we can. <laughs> um, Glenn Powell reminds me, in looks if nothing else, of a young Rob Lowe. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Not truly young Rob Lowe because he was a guy who got his start in acting real young. But you know, yes, there's there's some similarity there, I think. Yes. Yeah, there is there is a similarity there. Although again, Glenn Powell I think is a much nicer guy than Rob Lowe. Yeah, he's he's a complex individual to say yes. the least, isn't he? Yeah. Whereas Glenn Powell, at least going off his Instagram feed, um, seems like a lovely fella. I'm I'm on board with Glenn Powell. I'm standing oh, for we, him. We need to check people's Instagrams. This is yeah, we should start vetting people. I haven't <laughs> done that. I haven't done that. <laughs> this is the future that millennials want is before you watch a movie, you have to check someone's Instagram feed to see whether you like them or not. Yeah, this is true. And yeah, if, <laughs> that means they're never going to like me. <laughs> Although it's transitioned from Airbud content to a lot of pictures of the canal by my house and my purple shed. So, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's good. It's purple because the previous owners of the house painted it purple. I did not paint a shed purple. I am not insane. <laughs> Uh, dear listeners, Paddy's lying. He painted. I am not there. Prince. He is Prince. I I do not refer to my house as Paisley Park. <laughs> he refers to it as Paddy Park. <laughs> Padsley Park. <laughs> um, speaking of parkour, when when um, Glenn Powell climbs the fire stake and he jumps through the window, he goes parkour, and that's very enjoyable because that's a fun thing that I like to do sometimes. <laughs> oh really especially with um friend of the podcast samuel c williams if 
wherever, like out and about, if you, like just hop up on a curb, put one foot up, and be like, "Fuck off." <laughs> See, that made me that made me laugh a lot, um, but I didn't know that you did that, Paddy. That makes it doubly funny. Um, yep. but th- Everyone but there should are do those, parkour. There are those little moments in there which are funny like that. There's there's just these little quips here and there, um, which are nice. And 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 then just the tiny little moments with secondary characters. So so like the the the, the Creed reference comes at the engagement party between two minor characters, um, yeah. who are. Um, the roommate and well, her yeah. fiance. Yeah. Who, roommate... Again, I think they could have done more with those characters. Actually, there could have been some kind of funny subplot with them there, but it wouldn't have brought anything to the film, I guess. But I felt like I wanted a bit more of them because they were funny. Yeah, and that's the thing; they were very funny. It, it 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 stayed a little bit too close to the formula. If if it had strayed further into like bridesmaids territory or knocked up territory, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it would nobody have... shat in a sink in this film nobody so. nobody <laughs> shat in a sink much to my disappointment not out of 20 no sink <laughs> poos um and um and and yeah if it was that kind of film you could imagine that they'd have a more prominent role um the, the same with uh pete davidson when he's not too busy selling you sinks out of the back of a van um <laughs> Is you feel as though he could have had a bigger role, and but they do have those nice little moments that help build the chemistry between them because you have these hints that, you know, Harper doesn't show her golf loving boyfriend or golf golf loving person that golf she's guy. seen a couple of times. Golf guy, um, he never meets her friends. Um, equally, um, Charlie Glenn Powell, he never brings Sue's back to see um Pete davidson's character very often and it's clear that they don't like each other very much um whereas in those brief moments where harper and charlie are together with their their sort of respective friendship groups and they get on very well it's again it's that sign that oh okay yeah you can see that there's not just chemistry here between the two of them but you can see that they're both very compatible with each other's larger lives yeah and they make quite a good joke about that well it's he takes her to the party and duncan is there as well and she gets them really well Duncan and they're joking around and they're hugging and he's like, stop hugging each other. You're not friends. <laughs> yes, you can't be friends. You can't be friends. And yeah, that, that's a really funny scene. And, and, and there's those moments of real humanity in here, which really help it stand out, I think. And, and it's those little elements um, where it, it's more than it, it feels very much like, as I've said before, it feels very much like one of those old rom-coms. But it's a little bit more than that. And that's what I really like about it is it's the kind of film where if it had come out 10 years ago, it would probably be one of the classics of the genre just by nature of when it came out and the fact that it does do quite nice little additional things. Yeah, for sure. But it's it's treading ground that has been trodden before, but it knows that. And there's also there's a bit where they're walking through a park and they have a conversation about Cyrano de Bergerac. And it's a very kind of knowing, they talk about some of the other literary influences. And that's quite a knowing nod to the fact that a lot of those kind of films that came in the mid-noughties or even before are literary adaptations or are based more closely on like Shakespearean plots or whatever. So it's acknowledged that kind of genealogy as well, which I thought was quite smart. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a clever movie. It knows what it's doing. I can't say that it's, you know, the perfect film, but it's clever and I like it. And it made me feel fuzzy. Yeah. It made me feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, it was a good Sunday film. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a good Sunday movie. Sunday afternoon movie. 
Did you know that it had hashtag baseball content? Or I or did. No? I did not know that it had it? hashtag baseball content. Ah, see there, you, you're going to lure me in with that. But that was good. <laughs> they used footage from a real Yankees Red Sox game. Names of all like real players, and that, that was like real. There wasn't just a bunch of fake old fake old baseball nonsense. It was the real Yankee Stadium. So they got the atmosphere of the ball game just right. Oh, that's good. Um, Especially the the creepy ass kiss cam, which I'm actually not a fan of. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Forcing people who don't know each other to kiss. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure that's that's against the law. Well, I think the idea is that it is people who know each other, um, instead of instead of random people who sit next to each other. Um, but yeah, the fact that they obviously they kept going back to Lucy Liu and uh, oh, what's the actor's name? Um, Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. They, they kept going back to them because they'd, uh, because Harper had hinted that they wanted them to kiss. So that's why they kept going around. Yeah, yeah. But it was a bit, it was a bit weird, isn't it? And then they have a little smooch. It um, was a setup. The I, I'm I'm glad that by the way, Paddy. Although I'm glad that they have um, they they have real player names and real players and everything like that. I kind of wish it was. You know, there's that um. Oh, the Nintendo, the Nintendo baseball, baseball names. Name. So there's no sleeve McDougnut or Bobson Dugnut. <laughs> Mike Truck. <laughs> Todd Bonzo. So, so good. I think my favourite is one of my favorite. You can get t shirts with Bobson Dugnut on. Oh, now. can you? That's really good. Yeah. I think my favourite was um was Dwight Rochigal. He <laughs> laugh a lot as well. But, but this it's, in the it's show not even notes. clear how you're supposed to pronounce it because the H is missing from Dwight. Okay, so it should be so Dwight, like, shouldn't it? Dwigt. 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 Um, put that in the show notes. It's a it's it's an old Nintendo baseball game where they've basically put in fake player names. Um, but it's. I'm looking it all up now because I have to see the full list. Yeah, let's see the full list. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Willie Dustis. <laughs> <laughs> Anatoly Smorin. <laughs> okay, I've got my list up now. Daryl Archerdeld, I really like. Um, Sean Furcott. <laughs> I'm going to cry if I do anymore, but Mike Truck is the best Mike. because it is very, very close to Mike Trout, who is a current baseball player and is possibly the greatest hitter of all time. See for me, I don't think I don't think you can beat Sleeve McDyckel. <laughs> sleeve Sleeve Wizard Sleeve. Sleeve McDyckel. <laughs> no, the best, yeah. The best of Mike Truck. Okay, top three. Mike Truck, Bobson Dugnut, Willie Dustis. No, I I need my Sleeve McDyckel. <laughs> yeah. Well that you can you can have your own top three. Sleeve McDyckel, Sleeve McDyckel, Sleeve McDyckel. <laughs> Can't get enough that's of my like sleeve. That, that meme that's going around right now where it's like a, a list of the best things and it does 10 things saying, oh, you can't do this because they're all good. And then there's a thing at number one. Yes. You've seen this meme, I, these this memes they have now. I have seen these young people's memes. I, pre- I believe it's pronounced memes, is it not? <laughs> no, it's memes. Memes. <laughs> Oh, bless them. Bless these young folk with their comedy things. I remember when memes were those terrible um, comics that went round. Yeah, Um, like web comics. Yeah, like the terrible web comics, whereas memes have have become much more than that 
and thinly veiled racist jokes. So well done, internet, on growing up a bit. Yeah. The game was called Fighting Baseball. Fighting I if that Baseball. means that like you actually have to fight people as well as play baseball. That would be amazing. I know that that used to happen in old hockey games where every so often you'd get into a... Um, you get into like a little fight like you do in ice hockey in general. Yeah, yeah. Get some concussions going on. I'm I'm now seeing I might have found have I found some uh some gameplay of fighting baseball right now. That's that's got to be on the YouTube. It's only 53 seconds long. Oh man. We should do a whole episode where we just play fighting baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well at some point I do there is a video game that I, I want us to do at some point. Oh really? There is. Is it, is it a, a romance game? Actually there are a few sort of romance type games, aren't there? We could do um what's the one with the pigeons? Oh <laughs> Hatterful Boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> we could do an episode on that. Hatterful Boyfriend. There's um Doki Doki Literature Club, which definitely doesn't go horrible um halfway through in a, yeah. in a complete... oh, What's that one where it's like a gay dad simulator? What's the name of that? Oh, uh, Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy. Yeah, we could do that. There's there's a lot there's a lot of options yes. actually. And and there's one game which I think I got you. Um, uh, Life is strange. Yes, which I think is yep. We do that. I played, that really I played like a little is, bit. Just but then someone else got me Undertale and I started playing that. Ah, instead. Okay. I think it was Adam. It was either you or Adam who got me Undertale. Yeah, I, I think I don't think I got you that. I like Undertale. Okay, but I didn't yeah. love it. So I, don't I really enjoyed it, but I never finished it. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't love it. I did enjoy it, but it wasn't quite as. I didn't feel it was as good as people said it was. Um, but I don't know whether that's just me being grumpy. <clears throat> yeah, that's you. That's you getting into your gammon. That's me getting into my gammon phase and being like, "Oh, all these games that hark back to other games. I remember when games were real games. I remember when games were original games, when no one had come up with the concept of fighting baseball. <laughs> I remember when there was Street Fighter Two, and that was it. None of this yep. Dream Daddy nonsense. <laughs> it's just not natural, is it? <laughs> Yeah, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Fighting Baseball. Fight. Those are the only good games. Literally the only three good games. Um, I, I I've had a very good time with uh, God of War recently, um, which was a very very silly series of games where you played a um, Greek god who then got angry and started killing the other gods. Um, hmm. And it sounds was, like fun. It was very good fun. It was very dumb. Um, but then they took a very, very long break and they came back with a new game and it's very, very low key. And you are just, you're the same character and now you've got a little son and unfortunately the mother has passed away and it's all about you carrying the ashes up a mountain to distribute them um, and, and like throw them out across the mountain and across the lands and everything like that. And obviously it gets into a bit of a bigger adventure than that, but all of the best moments of it were all to do with your relationship with your son and and building right. that relationship basically and it was a very a very heartwarming very good game um and and also it had very good action set pieces where you chop people's heads off with a big axe as it, it had something for everybody put it that way excellent you, you, that's what i look for in a game you want emotional bonding 
it's got that covered. Do you want to chop off zombies' heads with a giant frost axe? Also got that covered. If it, the only axe I recognise is a frost axe. <laughs> There's no other kind of axe. Which is what I call my guitar. <laughs> you keep it in the fridge so it's extra frosty. <laughs> yep. Just like me. <laughs> uh, no, I wish I was extra frosty right now because yeah. I'm just sitting here talking to you podcasting and I'm sweating. Yeah, because... Which I know makes me sound like Homer Simpson. You know how he sweats while he eats. But it's just like, well, I haven't got the window open because I, it, it, the room backs onto like all of the gardens and people would hear me because they're all sitting out. So I don't want the neighbours to hear what I'm chatting. Not that I'm chatting anything bad about them. But You're not going around yeah. saying, I hate my neighbours. Rubbish. Oh, they, they can get in the bin. <laughs> Although, looking out right now, all three of the neighbours' cats are staring up at me from their garden. Like wide-eyed, like what are you, the hell are you doing? That's amazing. Yeah. They're quite ju- they've got quite judgmental faces these cats. Oh really? But they're still quite cute. So yeah, I've I've got the window shut just to reduce the background noise. And yeah, I'm sweating quite a lot. Yeah, that, that too. too much. Um, background noise. So it's These are the sacrifices we make for you. Yeah, this is what listeners. we do for all of you listeners, you know. You should be goddamn grateful. <laughs> we don't have sponsorship, you know. What are you talking about? We've got to make our money elsewhere. We've got all the sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. We've got Greg's. This episode, we're sponsored by Fighting Baseball on the Super Famicom. (laughs) (laughs) We're sponsored by that and potentially by playing Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. (laughs) Uh, And by um, Dodgy Pete Davidson from the pub. pub. We'll give, um, if you want to buy a sink or a toilet, you know, out of the back of his van from the Queen's Ed, we'll give you 10% off if you mention the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give you a card, but it's just written in Biro. Yeah, 10% off, mate, 10% off. <laughs> um, anyway, do you have anything else to say about, about Step It Up? I, I think we have covered everything that I wanted to say. It's it's good, it's formulaic, it does the job, it does exactly what you expect from a Netflix original romantic comedy. It's It's decent, it's solid, it's pretty good, it's well worth your time. If you enjoy romantic films, if you enjoy comedies, you could do a lot worse than this film, for sure. It's not life-changing, it's not earth-shattering, but it's good. It's solid. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot. It's a very nice, comforting movie to see. Um, Easily the best Netflix original film. So if you have Netflix and you're a bit disappointed in their movies about killer robots that don't know what love is, um, then... This is this is the film for I you. I wanna know what love is. <laughs> I just wanna shoot you with my laser. <laughs> Speaking of lasers, um, have you have you seen any of Queer Eye, like the new reboots on Netflix? No, I've heard it's emotional, and that's not. It why is I... incredibly good. That... It's very very good. But there's one in the recent. We've been watching it together in one of the most recent episodes. There's, they're talking to this guy, and they, he's he's a musician, and like he's he's, he's kind of a cool guy, but it's, uh, he's kind of introverted. And it's like um, they say, you know, what what are your interests outside of music? And he goes, lasers. <laughs> and like, I love it so much when people answer questions like that in an abstract way, <laughs> or like, what's your favorite music? Accordions. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's yeah. I just think that's really wonderful. That, but, um, that is yeah, good. It's very very good, and also well worth your time. Yeah, because the problem is that it's it's apparently emotional. 
and it is it is quite emotional and i, I don't i i've shed a tear at some of them i don't go for those kind of shows for emotion i go for for silliness and like trashiness so i think i'm gonna but have to change my mindset a bit that's what's good about it though is that there is a slight element of trashiness to it but you know that ultimately they're doing something really really good for the person so it's great it's really really light-hearted but always packs that emotional punch it really walks that line really well okay i'll give it a go i'll let you know it's it's enjoyable um yes i will i will let you know what i think i i may well find it too good for my liking if you know what i mean <laughs> too good for your liking yes. you only like bad things i do generally like a lot of bad things you like bad romance <laughs> Oh, I've done a lot of awful singing on this week's podcast. <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> That's quite all right. Um, so, how shall we rank? How shall we Let's rank this movie? Let's see. How many free hours? How many hours in your diary become free after you work with your friend to get the two bosses to start going out? I like it. I like it. It's a bit convoluted, but. The sentiment gets, chimes gets the, the film, job I done. Feel. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give it. Um, I'm going to give it fourteen. It's a little. I was. I was having difficulty between thirteen or fourteen out of twenty. Um, I enjoy this movie a lot. It made me chuckle a little bit. The 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 two leads are great, and it's a nice film. It made me feel nice. And yeah. So yes. 14. I was thinking the exact same thing. 13, 14 in that region. You know what? Let's not rock the boat. I'll give it a 14 as well. Hey, solidarity. Very good. Love it. Yeah, I think we were, we were both very on the same page this week. Yeah, it's a, I, I, I like this movie. It's, it's not groundbreaking, but it's nice to have yeah. a Netflix original that's really decent. Should have found something to argue with you about. Maybe I should stand for Titus. <laughs> It should have been his film. <laughs> should have been his film. Yeah, I mean, I li- I would love a film entirely about Titus Andromedon. Yes, I would watch that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a nice film. I I recommend it to anybody with a Netflix subscription. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a thumbs up for sure. Marvelous. So, what do you have for us next, Paddy? Well, I thought. I thought about I had a few different ideas, but I thought it would be good to keep it relatively current as you know that's always a good thing. We'd done a few older films before that um but this is one we talked we've mentioned quite a lot since I saw it in the cinema, and I think you eventually saw it in the cinema as well, but now it's it's on d v d and it's on streaming or whatever, which is the shape of water oh cool, yes, marvelous won a lot of awards, etc. I was quite moved by it um and I'm keen to hear what you made of it. And it's quite a different film to a lot of the ones we've talked about recently. So, yeah, Shape of Water. Sweet. Looking forward to talking about it. It's a good one. Bit of Guillermo. Second time Guillermo's turned up. Is it? Yeah, because we did old... Um, oh, um, Crimson, Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. In Hall- Halloween month. Yeah. yeah. Marvellous. It- interesting. I'd forgotten about that. How could you forget that's, about that? That's a very good film. Yes. How could you um, forget about Tom Hiddleston getting stabbed in the face? <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. Oh dear. And Spring was even better. Thinking back to Halloween. Yeah, and those guys have got a new film, haven't they? Yeah, they do. I don't know when it's going to come out. Um, it was reviewed favourably by Mark Kermode this week. Oh, excellent. 
Um, and it actually, he made it sound very, 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 very good and very interesting. As I, I want to see it, whatever it is. I can't even remember what it's called, but it sounded weird, weird good. Yeah, it, it's because uh, I remember reading about it when they were first making it. Um, what's it called? The Endless? Is that Something right? Like that. Yeah. Um, it's about people who who are in a who are in a cult or have left a cult or something like that um which you know it sounds it sounds very interesting yeah and there's some kind of like other planet flat earth weirdness going on as well yeah it's a it's a super super strange idea behind it i was very intrigued by it so yes listeners keep an eye out for that it's not romance related sounds interesting and also go and watch spring which is from from these directors which is romance related and is very good that's it's a fantastic film criminally underrated deserves to be huge really really good um we scored it very very highly in fact it's one of our highest scoring films oh is it excellent get, yeah i'm gonna get the chart up but um yeah we covered it in halloween month because it's sort of a, a romantic horror film where it shouldn't work but it absolutely does a hundred percent yeah, they do a very good. We we won't spoil it too much if you, in case you haven't listened to the episode. But they they do a lot of clever stuff. Let's just put it that. Yeah, way. it's joint. Yeah, or joint third, I suppose, with um, the fly and the big sick. Oh, excellent! Seven, both scored an average score of seventeen point five, and only above that is the way we go with an average of eighteen, and then cloudburst never let me go and X machina with an average score of eighteen point five. Marvelous stuff loving it yeah so yes we recommend that as well do you have any other business uh no or... i don't that's it for me cool well let us button this up thanks a lot for listening really appreciate it thanks to netflix for and uh letting us watch this film and for sponsoring us now you have to give us money yeah give us money netflix come on yeah um thanks to our sponsor fighting baseball on the super famicom and to Mike Truck and Dwigget Portugal <laughs> for all their all their inspiration. We you love know, you, I Sleeve McDyckel. I <laughs> Wizard Sleeve <laughs> McDyckel. Um but yeah, as as always, if you um if you like what we do, it's very much appreciated if you can give us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast from. I noticed someone had given us another five stars on iTunes this week, which is very, very nice. Oh, very nice. Appreciate Thank that. You. And then when I went in I noticed it said um Listeners to this podcast also also listen to my dad wrote a porno, very good. Um, Serial, S Town, and my favourite murder. So all very very good company there. I was very happy about that. Oh, that's really nice. We've got some good company there. Yeah, and as always, you can write to us at bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail dot com um, or on Twitter at bigboysdon'tpod. Always love to hear from you. We will be back next week to talk about the shape of water. Yes, indeed. All right, bye-bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>